Welcome to Sheer Clarity, the show that will teach you about leadership by attraction, building self-awareness, and how to develop exceptional self-management abilities that will help you become more reflective, more open, more trusting, and more engaging with the people who matter to you most. In other words, make you a better leader. Head on over to SheerClarity.com where you can learn more, subscribe to the show for free, and connect on social media. And now, here's your host, Jay Kevin McHugh. Hey everyone, welcome to Sheer Clarity today. This is Jay Kevin McHugh, your host, and with me is my producer, Matthew Passy. I don't know if you listened to the last episode, but we were kind of rolling down the stream at a high rate with this whole idea of listening to your inner voices and getting an understanding of what's there. I sort of launched into this idea of voice dialogue and what it's about. I wanted to just expand on it and sort of continue that conversation today. And I want to end up more at the end with some practical ideas. Like, I know you're leaders. I know you're busy. I know you're running at a high rate of speed. But I want to make sure contextually you know what the heck we're trying to do here. I'm trying to give you some idea and some way, some language, some model, some kind of technique for you to get a little more familiarity with what's going on inside you, how you're wired. Because if you don't know, you're just going to go behave and do things, and you're going to have no understanding of how that happened, why that happened, where that came from. And that's not good. If you want to be a super-duper leader by attraction, you exhibit a certain level of calm, a certain level of control, and people sort of have confidence in you because there's something about you. You seem just to have your act together. And it's not in this outgoing, sort of crazy, make a lot of noise way. It's just there's a quiet power. There's a quiet confidence because you don't seem to need to use it. You just are present and you're engaged and you're capable of listening. All of that requires you to have that kind of emotional intelligence where you're highly self-aware and your decent management of what's going on with you. You're not afraid to look at your weaknesses. You're not afraid to sort of come clean with where you're good and where you're not good, but you've just got this comfortable, peaceful composure that people respect. Then on top of that, of course, I don't want to make it all about just pure personality. You're knowledgeable, you're wise, you have wisdom, you have competencies, but you put all that together and as people just enjoy your presence and they'll follow you because of who you are and how you roll. That's what this topic is about, is just giving you a little better granular understanding of how to manage your internal headspace and what's going on up there. Speaking of people with internal headspace, my producer, Matthew Passy, has an amazing head filled with space. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that felt very complimentary. There's a big empty void in there is what I think Kevin just alluded to. I have to finish because it sounds so bad. I have to finish. And that space is not just filled with nothing. It's filled with everything. Ooh, yeah, I'm not everything. sure. I think that shot came up a little short there. Bad recovery, yeah. Okay, so let's turn this into a learning moment. Some things are bad. They're just bad. And it looks worse when you try to recover, so just forget about it. <laughs> Can't wait to talk about what my inner voices are saying during today's episode. I don't know if we want to put those on the air, but why don't you edit them? and make them sound useful to the listener. (laughs) 
Just say something. Nah, <laughs> tell nah. What, tell them what's I'll going you, on. <laughs> I'll leave you out there dangling for a few minutes. Yeah, thank, thank you very much. <laughs> good to be here today, Kevin. It's good to be I'm here. I'm not dangling. <laughs> dangling suggests that I'm not moving. That's not what I'm feeling. I'm feeling total free fall. Flopping around on the deck of <laughs> yeah, the boat. Out of the yeah, for some reason last night, I don't know why. Every once in a while, I find it, this is odd, but one way to go to sleep is looking at YouTube fail videos. <laughs> and everybody does. And I looked at rock climbing fails, and it's perfect because that's precisely what I'm feeling right now. <laughs> well, I'm waiting for the rope to catch me, and hopefully it catches before the rocks at the bottom. And then some of these rock climbing fails, that's what happened. Like inches, the rope catches. I'm sure when the rope catches, that doesn't feel good either because it's whacking your belly. Anyway, we digress. (laughs) I was trying to give you some time to sort of figure out what the heck you're going to say because your space up there is filled with opportunity. (laughs) What did you think of the last episode? I thought it was really interesting. And what I find fascinating is that these are concepts that I don't think are necessarily so complicated that they're unimaginable. But it takes somebody who has looked at this and studied it and analyzed it and thought about it to just lay it out in a way that makes sense. And so the idea that we all know that we have an inner voice, we talk to our inner voices, But the idea that we actually have competing inner voices inside of our head and that we're not really aware of it, I mean, yeah, now that I know what my personality assessment says, now I kind of recognize there are the voices that are in lockstep with what my assessment says of me. But yeah, there's that other voice that I hear constantly. It's kind of like the angel devil thing on your shoulder that's telling me almost the opposite of where my instincts are to react and to respond to people. And so it was fascinating to think and realize that we don't have one inner voice. We have inner voices. We really have that, that duopoly going on. That's exactly right. That's perfectly, perfectly said. The thing to keep in mind as well, one of the reasons why I think most leaders aren't real good at it is because of the pace. And it could be anybody at work has the same problem. If I look at the pace at the way people live today, it is mind-boggling. And I think if you think about it, the pace of technology and the speed at which things move in the technological space and the geometric acceleration that is actually driving the pace at which our human society is functioning And so I just have this picture of the old days that I thought were old days when I was a kid. And my mother was home. My father went to work and he came back at six o'clock and you sat down and had dinner. And then people watched the news. And then you went to bed. You got up and did it the next day. I pictured people in some way, shape, or form, just living a pace that's slower moving than what we know. Now I watch it, and I struggle. I mean, I'm moving at that pace. I'm crazy busy. 
And then I want to try and see my kids or my grandkids. And I've got six kids that have kids and there's 13 grandchildren. And when I'm listening to the schedules that my kids keep with their kids, travel soccer, travel volleyball, travel dance, travel this, travel that, to be honest with you, it's exhausting. And then I go into my world at work and I look at my clients. It is nonstop. I'm on a board of directors of a company and we're doing some deals and things like that. And gosh, the Wall Street folks, they don't sleep. Everything needs to be done today. It's pressure. So guess what happens? No one has time to think. No one has any peace to just sit still and just listen to your head. Just think, be reflective. I think this is a real problem. And this is why this whole idea of listening to your inner voices, I mean, we're talking about it and as you just said, makes sense to you. I'm sort of trying to take some of the mystery out of psychology and just make it practical. That's who my audience is. That mean they're all about practicality, right? Give me something I can use. Like do it in two minutes. I got to go. It's funny. You talk about the idea of the quiet, the moment to think. I mean, I remember having a moment a few weeks ago where I wake up and deal with the kids and then I work all day, and then I prep for the kids to come home and make dinner, get the kids to bed, spend a little bit of time with the wife, and then back to working. And even in those times, I'm working a lot, which I know a lot of people do that. That's not special. But even when I'm not working, I find that I'm always listening to something. You know, I cook with a podcast on, I drive with a podcast on. One day, I just stopped for five minutes, didn't have anything on, and just sat there. And it was so relaxing. And it was only five minutes, but it felt like 40. Amen. You know, if you're listening to this episode, just independently of what we're going to talk about today, do yourself a favor. Take a look at the rest of your week and go to your calendar and put an appointment with yourself on it. If you don't have one already, make an appointment for an hour and go do nothing. It's actually an hour to be a planet. And what that means is your device, take your Apple watch off, take your cell phone, put them in the car, lock the car and go walk, find a bench and sit, and then go back to your car and plug back into your life. Do it at home, we put our phones on silent, but guess what? If I really want to have a space of quiet, it has to be off because that notification window goes off, you know, and you see the light from across the room and like Pavlov's dog, I can't even stay focused in the conversation because I wonder if that's so-and-so getting back to me. My wife said something revealing the other day with the way she regards text. If she sends a text to someone, she will not leave her phone because she believes that in the world of text, if they get your text, then they're expecting you to respond back. Immediate gratification and satisfaction. Her idea of me, I'll send a text and walk away. So how can you do that? She brings the phone in every place she goes because she's in a conversation with someone. And her expectation is, no, if you send a text, you have to sit there and look at it because they might text you back. The idea is 
if that is how we live today, it's going to take an extra special, super intentional conscious effort to give your space, create a space of being. There is no doing allowed. It's being. And only in a being moment are you going to hear the inner voices that are several layers below the surface. We talked about the surface in the last episode, right? I can see what's floating. I can see what's on top. But where's the good stuff, right? Where's the good stuff? It's way down below. And there's a lot of conversations going on there about parts of you that you may not be familiar with. And if you don't get familiar with them, they're going to be actively controlling and influencing how you behave out at the surface. If you don't know what the heck that is, you don't have any chance to control it. And in the conversation we were having, we were talking about the different kinds of voices and the different kinds of selves, sub-personalities, energies. So I guess we should continue. I want to put a few more things out there for folks to sort of give them a grip on this stuff. I think we made our point. Please give yourself the gift of quiet time alone. Second version of that is if you're in relationship, a committed, loving, caring relationship, that would be a mutual gift to give each other. And as busy, busy parents, as I watch all my kids, that's really hard to come by. And by the time everybody's been put to bed, man, you don't even have a whole lot of energy for each other. But you know what? Be in the same room together and turn everything off. No TV, no phones, no iPads, and just sit there be present. Maybe you might even have a conversation. So, well, I'll stop. <laughs> Sound like a lot. We went from a business podcast for leaders to love relationships. Let's not do that. Let me go to a part I wanted to talk about in the second part of the episode. So we were talking about these selves. I wanted to give people in the audience a chance to think about two categories. In the model, we have primary selves and disowned selves. And primary selves are the selves that have emerged, that have a fundamental function. What do they do? They guard, they protect, and they ensure your psychological safety. That's their primary mission. Primary selves emerge as part of that early childhood imprinting when we are learning what we need to do to get what we need, which is an accolade connection, and ultimately it's about how do I get loved. So for listeners, just do this little exercise while you're listening. Think back to your childhood, and if some of you had hard childhoods, and I mean hard childhoods, they're out there. I know hundreds of stories of them who want to make me cry half the time. No matter how difficult, no matter how hard, or if you had an idyllic childhood, doesn't matter because your psychological selves were still looking for the same things. We were all looking for it, every one of us. It's built into us. We're looking to be held, comforted, and loved, period. So even if you're a big badass hedge fund billionaire on Wall Street, you're listening to me, you got the same stuff, you know it, and I know it. What happened? Back then, as you learned to get what you needed, and you behaved in a certain way, you said a certain thing, you observed, and through trial and error, you figured out what 
you needed to do. That formatted you. And that is your primary self system. You may have multiple different versions of it. You have a lot of different ways of doing it. And you and I talked last time about performers and pushers as two of those. But there are many different categories. Here's the thing that I want the listeners to think about, okay? Think about that childhood and think about that growing up experience and think about what you know. You have your primary sort of directive, okay? For every one of these primary energy patterns, primary sub-personalities, whose sole goal, fundamentally, well, it's not their sole goal, it's one of their primary goals, is to get you what you need and to protect you from harm. For all of them, there's something called a disowned self. In order for you to become primary in one thing, you had to disown, put away, hide, and underdevelop its opposite. So it becomes an energy that is, in the Jungian terminology, sometimes I think they refer to it as the shadow. It's your shadow self. It's an opposite energy. It's disowned. It's not allowed out. That is the place in this model where a lot of your vulnerabilities lay. That's because there's a small inner child who's being protected by the pleaser or the pusher or the other millions of primary self-versions, that inner child is actually in possession of these things and was taught these are bad. Don't do this. Avoid this. Hide this. Don't show this. And so there they are. Guess what? They are just as real as the primaries. They are energies. They are full energy systems. You have them inside of you. So my question for you, reflectively speaking, is what's the opposite? So if you're listening to the podcast and I got you thinking a little bit about your primary, right? What's the opposite? What is not part of your repertoire? What actually do you find even you know, scary or dis- distasteful when you think of a behavioral energy that is the total opposite of what your natural style is? Think about it right now, because that part of you is where there is amazing information. What is that energy? Why did it get disowned? Why did it get displaced? Why is it not okay? Because it's in there, it's part of you, and it has something for you. Your consciousness of it, your conversation with it is part of what will bring you more awareness in this aware ego process. You know, I've used you as a guinea pig in all of our time, Matthew, but I really want you to be serious for a moment, if you could, because I think the listeners would find it useful. As we're talking, do you have a thought about what part of you or what be an example of a part of you disowned, an energy that you don't allow out or know much about? I don't know. That's an interesting question. I'm not even sure I would know how to identify a piece of me, an energy of me that I'm disowned from. I'll help you right now. Sure. What is the 180 degree opposite of someone who's a pleaser and who worries about others being happy before themselves? Selfish jerk. But um, bump, bing, you have a disowned selfish jerk. 
a self-centered, self-absorbed, egocentric, all about me. I'm number one. I'm going to get what I need. I know everything. I got control. I will have what I want. That's disowned. You find it distasteful just to even say it that way. But I'm telling you, it's a disowned energy, which is why it's unfamiliar to you. You learn to put it away. It's unattractive to someone somewhere, somehow. It wasn't going to help you get what you needed. But remember what you said on the last episode? When we're talking about inner voices and you walked away from an encounter and sometimes in the post-analysis, you will say to yourself, you know what? I should have told that guy, blah, blah, blah. That was your other energy. He was not available at the time at the point of contact. He was disowned. He doesn't have a space to come out, but he was there. And all we're saying as we sort of get to the closing of this episode is I want the listeners to this whole two episodes on inner voices. I really want you to spend some time quietly setting aside a chance to sit down in a park or in your car. I want you to turn things off and I want you to maybe close your eyes. It's it's not meditation in the traditional sense because I want you to be aware. And I want you to be aware of these energy patterns, primary thinking about them. Who are the natural folks who are running my life, running my show? And what do they do for me? They protect me. And I want you to think about the opposites and see if you can locate a sense of what's going on, opposite energy, disowned. And I want you to become more acquainted with what's disowned because it's disowned for a reason, but it actually may help you because it has an energy you're not used to. It has an energy for you. It has a gift for you. It has something for you. And for the pleaser, it could be, I'm going to set a boundary for Matthew I normally don't because I'm worried about what people will think or somebody's not going to be happy, but not at this time. I'm going to give him something that he needs before I give something to somebody else. I will actually be first this time. I'll probably be uncomfortable with that. That's right. (laughs) Just have fun with it. (laughs) Wrap us up here, buddy. Well, we hope you've had some fun with this and thinking about your inner voices and how they communicate with each other. But in the meantime, if you have comments or questions or you want to give us feedback, like we said last time, if these discussions have triggered something inside of you, we want to know. We'd love for you to share that. We can keep it anonymous or we can say who you are. Head to SheerClarity.com. There's a comment box right there or you can email us directly, Kevin at SheerClarity.com. Again, we can keep this completely anonymous if you don't want the world to know that it is you that we are talking about and responding to. Also, if you haven't been to SheerClarity.com, you can find show notes related to these episodes. You can subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app, and you can connect with us on social media. I've been getting some great traction on the Facebook page and on the Twitter feed and, of course, on LinkedIn. And, of course, you can find a host of other incredible resources that will help you gain sheer clarity as you become the consummate leader by attraction. It all happens at SheerClarity.com. He's J. Kevin McHugh. I'm Matthew Passy, and we will see you next time on Sheer Clarity. Mm-hmm.